Jason's alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I was his warrior. An old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is the Lando. How y'all doing? All right. For tonight's episode, we will be discussing the recently released Friday the 13th Part 3 Memoriam documentary in tribute to Richard Brooker. As of this recording, the film has been out for almost three weeks for free on YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. And as of... This recording, it has over 26,000 views already. Now, I can't speak for everyone, but I was very excited about this project brought to us by my good friend, the executive producer, Sean Richards, since part three is one of my favorites of the franchise. Now, with that being said, uh, I did lend a hand in the project. Uh, I provided some additional photography and assisted in obtaining some of the, quote, rare photos seen throughout the film. So I was privy to some information that the general public wasn't, but still, I mean, I was just as excited and just want to congratulate Sean on seeing his vision come to life. And just a big thanks in general, since I'm such a fan of part three. Now, for those who have seen it, just a fun fact, if anybody noticed the still shot of three Richard Brooker autographed photos next to a Higgins Haven sign, that's actually a shot that's taken from my personal Friday collection. But anyways, moving on to the film itself, I mean, what a great tribute to such an iconic movie. I really enjoyed the interviews and it being narrated by Paul Cracker. That was just awesome. I also have had contact with Paul and he's agreed to be on the show. So be on a lookout for a future episode with him. And also, of course, with Sean Richards, who will be on very, very soon to discuss the film. But let's just kick this off with initial thoughts. And Lando, I know you've done some written reviews for the film and you were obviously eager for this documentary as well. But how did it stack up to your expectations? I was really good. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I, there are definitely elements that I thought, uh, you know, could have been improved upon and, or even parts that maybe could have been left out. But I mean, that's true of almost anything you see. Um, no, I was very, very, I mean, like you, I was very excited about it because part three also holds a special place in my heart. I think part three, I think a lot of Friday fans, part three is different. It was like the first time they ventured away from the camp itself. And it was a different setting. You get in Hagen's Haven, you get the 3D, you get Shelly. Of course, you got Richard Brooker, who was the first really, I mean, truly memorable portrayal of, of Jason. So I think, it, you know, people get excited about that. But like you said, I mean, it was good. The interviews, uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they're the middle segment, the, 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 the tribute to Richard Brooker pretty much for me made the film. I was like, no matter what was in the, the you know, the, the first half, or excuse me, the first third and then the, the latter third, that middle portion made it for me, but uh, you know, it was great. It was, like you said, Paul crack uh, doing a fantastic job as host and then, you know, seeing Shelly and I mean, they got Adrian King involved in there, some other interviews. So it was definitely something that was very enjoyable. I mean, it was uh, the only thing that was kind of surprising to me was that it was as short as it was, I believe, what was it? 37 minutes. So, I mean, you, you know, I was hopeful it'll be a little bit longer, but I mean, they definitely packed a lot in there for 30, 37 minutes. Absolutely. It was a busy half hour, uh, basically, but, and I won't, I won't spoil all the things for Sean to discuss, but I do know that he did reach out to other people and some people either didn't respond or didn't want to participate. So it would have been longer. I know that for me, that was my, I guess, biggest 
complaint, if you will, was it just left me wanting more. So obviously I wish it was longer. And I've, I've seen a lot of other people with those same thoughts that they just want more and want more. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, unfortunately some of the other people who are still around, they just obviously uh, didn't get back to them or, or weren't uh, interested, but who knows that that could leave things open. Um, You know, maybe once they see this now, uh, see what, what they ended up putting together, maybe, Maybe they'll reach out and want to be added on for a, a revision or something later. Who knows? Sometimes things get redone later. But uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed over the years with part three, and it's unfortunate, but there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of stuff around from that film. There's not a shit ton of behind the scenes stuff like there are some of the other films that were made later on. But of course, this was, you know, the third film in the series. Who knew at that time we were going to get 12? So some of it's right. uh, understandable. But um, there's not a lot of accessible people for those. You don't see a lot of part three people going to conventions like you do some of the other films, which, like I said, it's all unfortunate. But I, I definitely would have liked to have seen it longer. But Sean can elaborate on on some of uh, some of the others that, that were possibilities. I'm sure he'll he'll go into that. I don't want to I don't want to spoil that for any anyone. But I've I've had some discussions with him. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, the the opening where Paul steps out, you know, and they're there in front of the store. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a nice homage. I mean, to put you in that play, I mean, the first thing you see, I mean, you're smiling already. And I mean, yeah. you know, that's the idea. And uh, it was fantastic. And like you said, now we've talked about off air a little bit as well. I mean, you know, the filmmakers, I mean, they, they definitely reached out to everyone. And it, whether it was scheduling or it was just something where they, you know, respectfully declined or maybe people who just want nothing to do with the Friday franchise anymore. I mean, you never know, but they certainly reached out to everyone. So sometimes you see those criticisms is like, well, why didn't they have, you know, Dana Kimmel? Why didn't they have this? Well, they reached out, but there's no way they didn't reach out. And sometimes things just don't, you know, go to plan and you just have to do the best with what you have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll let, I'll let Sean go into all that. Uh, I don't know what all he'll want disclosed or not, so I don't want to ruin anything, but I will say, for example, I have heard numerous times through others that Steve Miner just doesn't do interviews. He's done like maybe two and one was with Jamie Lee Curtis uh, about H2O. And he probably wouldn't even have done that if Jamie Lee wasn't present with him. So Mm -hmm. that, that, that's, that's pretty much public knowledge right there. So you already knew he probably wasn't gonna uh, be a part of it and of course gloria charles had uh passed away unfortunately uh r.i.p there um and there's a there's a couple others who have who are not in even in the country um and some that have kind of went off the grid which i'll let i'll let sean cover all those too um Mm -hmm. but they're some of these people they didn't they didn't do much else in the film industry so they went on to other jobs and stuff that led them down different paths and they're not really uh, necessarily in touch with social media or it's kind of hard to get a hold of people. So it's certainly understandable that they didn't get m- more people. It's unfortunate, but I can understand why. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, life gets in the way and it's just one of those things. I mean, just think about as wildly successful as the twin peaks television series had been. And then all the excitement over a season three and David Lynch, who was one of the creators of that show actually took to social media and just asked his followers, does anyone know where Everett McGill is? And if you do, can you let me know? He couldn't track him down. And then finally he did get in touch with him and he agreed to do it. But then like Michael Ankeen played a huge role in that series, Sheriff Truman. And he just told him flat out, you know, I'm retired from acting and I'm not going to do it. So, I mean, it, it happens, you know, it's just, it's just the reality of the business, like you said, and you then like, you know, then, like I said, you just move on and do the best you can with what you've got. 
Yeah, and that's certainly what they did. Obviously, they they did the best that they could and brought the length that they that they could with what they had. So just just props to Sean in general for for seeing his vision through. Um, you know these these things aren't easy, and there's a lot of people involved. And it. it's not just Sean. There's other people, obviously that that uh, were involved in making this this movie. But you know it was Sean's vision that he got to see come to life, and I'm I'm just uh, you know happy for him and. And it's awesome that he was able to bring us super part three fans, something to, to add to the, to the rack. You know, uh, I've watched it, I don't know, three or four times already now. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was uh, some cool things in there that I didn't necessarily know, but I, I wasn't a historian on the life of Richard to begin with. So I was like, Oh, okay. You know um, yeah. I mean, obviously I, I knew that he had uh, done some trapeze artist stuff and a couple other things, but it was nice to hear from a family member, a friend. And of course mm-hmm. it was nice to see other people, um, you know, outside of the Friday community, because obviously these actors intermingle in the movie business. Right. So he's going to, he's going to have friends and acquaintances outside of the Friday uh, world, but there was, uh, there was one in particular interview and I, and I won't mention who it was, whoever watches it, I'm sure will, uh, will understand what I'm talking about, but there was one person who didn't really seem like they had anything really relevant to Richard to say, I was just kind of like, you know, <laughs> what, what the hell, why is this, you know, why did they even interview this person? You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of like, they didn't really have much to offer as, as far as I'm concerned, but that's just my opinion. I don't know if you, if you know what I'm referring to. Yeah, I think I do. I mean, obviously, we're not going to mention anybody by name, but I mean, I definitely get that sense. I was thinking the same thing myself. And, you know, in retrospect, I still feel that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was definitely, uh, I mean, that segment with Richard Brooker. I mean, I guess I wasn't, you know, not a historian on his life either. There were some things in there, um, you know, that I wasn't aware of. And it was was kind of eye opening a little bit, but it was just it's one of those deals is the kind of Richard Brooker was the kind of person that had the kind of life that we all wish we could have had. It was almost like, I always say like you watched like the Batman movies, like Alfred, it always seemed like with the stories he would tell that he lived like four lifetimes, you know, that he had, he had so many experiences and been so many places, but Richard Brooker, he had that life. I mean, I don't remember if it was Adrian King or Tracy Savage, but I believe one of them had said, you know, he had like this bohemian lifestyle and, you know, it was really true, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there was really, for me, it was very touching. It was a friend of his that said, you know, he Richard liked to go out to the bars, to the pubs and have a drink from time to time. And he had said that, you know, it would be, to be wonderful if he was still here. He just said, hey, Richard, you know, let's go get a drink. And they kind of faded to black off of that. And I thought that was a really, for me, that was the moment of the documentary. I thought that that was that really, they were intending to hit you emotionally and they succeeded. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And who doesn't like to go sit at the bar and have some drinks and tell oh, stories yeah. or, or listen to stories? So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm kind of pissed off that I never got the chance to hear any of his stories because unfortunately, as many conventions as I've been to over the years, I never got a chance to shake his hand or have a drink with him or hear a story. So, uh, you know, I got had friends who got stuff signed by him for me, but I never actually got a chance to meet him. So, which, uh, like I said, it is what it is, but I, I would have loved to have, you know, at conventions, you know how it is. You, you do get the opportunity sometimes to have a drink or, or hear oh, yeah. a story. So I yeah. just wish I could have, uh, been one of those people that said, I got the chance to do that myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely would have been a fantastic experience. And I mean, the more you hear about it, I mean, it was obviously, I mean, Richard Brooker was someone that, uh, people loved and, you know, it definitely would have been a great experience to be able to, you know, you just, 
come into contact with that kind of personality. I mean, it's, it's something that sticks with you. It's it's kind of weird to say. It's not it's, it's not like you're idolizing somebody. You're looking up to them as grown people. You look up to them much. But there's just there's times some people just have a, an electricity. There's an aura about them, and it certainly you know seems that Richard Brooker was one of those people. Yeah, and that's basically what I take from the documentary. If 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 I could say anything, it would be what you just said right there. Is everybody pretty much said that he just kind of had that that aura or that electricity around him, and just he was the guy that that was the the center of the room, if you will. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, no question. Yeah, and another thing I've seen people, you know, talking about um, the uh, I guess we'll call it the elephant in the room. Um, you know, there's got to be criticism with with everything. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I have been seeing the most, and of course, haters are going to hate. There's always going to be the negativity and the people <laughs> talking shit, but oh, yeah. we'll, we'll just go ahead and address that. And that is the end scene. People, atta- you know, yeah. attacking or making their little jabs about, you know, Jason or, uh, you know, what, what the hell were they doing with the end scene stuff? And people don't really understand. Some may or some may not know that, that was actually filmed prior. Um, you know, could they have went back and reshot it and revisited it? Sure. But that takes time. That takes money. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, there was obviously money spent as it is. So uh, I'm sure that they were probably like, now nah, we want to just get this out here. Um, but if I had to, if I had to criticize anything other than I wish it was longer, which isn't necessarily a criticism, that's ab- obviously a good thing if I want to see more. So I would, I would, that would be my criticism was, was some of the stuff that was seen at the end, but I'll also, I'm a super fan too. So the ones that are not a super fan may not really, they wouldn't be the ones that would be talking. It's going to be the mega fans that are like, Oh, you know, Jason didn't move right. Or, you know, the hockey yeah. mask wasn't a hundred percent correct or the boots weren't correct. Or, you know, that FX stuff wasn't good enough. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen the oh, talk. Definitely. Oh yeah. It's the kind of thing. It's one of those deals. It's, it's different if it's a studio movie, it's different if there's a a tremendous amount of, you know, finances invested into something and then they come up short. This was not that. I mean, yes, I mean, it was, it was fan fund and all that type of thing, but the focus of what they were doing here was not about the mask. It wasn't about Jason. It wasn't about movement the boots, the kind of things you were talking about right now. And I know you realize that, but it's also, you know, it's the kind of deal for me. I mean, I, I've worked in a television studio for a few years. I mean, sometimes there were frank framing issues. People weren't mic'd up properly. Those are things that I notice. I wouldn't say, you know, it doesn't piss me off. Maybe it kind of bothers you because you're just like, ah, it's something that's so easily fixed. But I also understand, like you said, the time that they're investing, they have a very little, win- you know, a small window. The, the money that they have, they don't have that much of it. You know, I think for what they were trying to accomplish here, they did a very good job. But speaking about that final scene, as you touched on, I look at it as it was something that if it had been like tongue in cheek and they had mentioned it and then shown 30 seconds, maybe a minute of it, and then moved on to something else or just wrapped it up, I think it would have been a little bit, I think it would have hit the mark they were looking for, which was, oh, this is kind of cool and funny. But it really, for me, it just, as long as it went, the fact that they just showed like in its entirety, it felt like the kind of thing where it was just, it's like a, it was like a, a guest that overstayed their welcome for me. It didn't ruin, you know, the the film for me at all. But I think it did take a little something away from it. And I think because of that short runtime, like you said, you wish there were more. And we know why there were certain people they didn't interview because they couldn't arrange for that. But in a way, because it was only 37 minutes, the fact that they showed that in its entirety almost felt like filler, like they were trying to figure out how to wrap it up. And they didn't really know how to do it. And so they stuck with that. 
And I think for me, more than anything, that's kind of what leaves a, a bad taste in my mouth. But I understand why they did it. I, I just don't think it really worked. Um, and maybe if they had shown it to a few more people and then somebody had been like, eh, maybe, maybe you want to you know, change this a little bit. But like you said, the interviews that they did, the, the, the segment on, on Brooker, I mean, that's what I take away from it. I don't go and be like, oh, it could have been good, but the ending really fucked it for me. I, I don't look at it that way. And I think if somebody does look at it that way, they're kind of missing the point of what they were trying to do in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't ruin it for me either. Uh, I guess, I guess the easiest way to put it would be it could have been done without and nothing would have changed. You know, it would, they could have, it could have been wrapped up and nobody would have thought, Oh, the documentary is missing something. They wouldn't have thought, Oh, they should have done scenes of Jason hacking people. I don't think anybody would have thought that it would have just been like, Oh, okay. That was a nice tribute to to Richard, which was Mm -hmm. obviously the original intent, hence the name. But, um, yeah, it didn't ruin it for me. I mean, I could have done without it and it wouldn't have mattered. Um, but to my understanding, Sean, that Sean, that actually, that was filmed before anything else was and, yeah. and, and sometime prior actually. And Sean will get into all that. Like I said, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to ruin any, anything for him uh, to fill us in on. Cause he'll go into much more detail anyway. But uh, like I said, I, I could have done without it uh, mm-hmm. or, or if it was shot different, um, like I said, I mean, I can I can criticize stuff too, but it it what's the point? I mean, like I said, it yeah. didn't ruin it didn't ruin it for me. So um, the documentary, the meat and potatoes, is is what matters. The little part at the right. end. Well, if you don't like that part, then then just don't watch it. Just, right. just shut it off. So, right. but no, I, I loved it in general. I I uh, like I said, I just wish it was longer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, it really makes you you think. It was kind of a situation like with Never Hike Alone. You know, you're just thankful that it exists. I mean, we hadn't had a studio, you know, Friday the 13th since 2009, and we've been waiting and waiting, and we've had these near misses where we think we're going to get it, and then we don't, and then we get this epic fan film that was just like, this is what we've been waiting for, and it kind of, you know, it just kind of calms your nerves. It just, it, it, it's something that it tides you over until we get what we want. But this Friday the 13th Part Three, I mean, you hear about it, you get excited. This documentary, and it, it, it's exactly what we would have wanted. It, but you just wonder if they could have tacked on another 23 minutes and we could have gotten into an hour and they could have arranged for interviews with some of the people that, you know, for whatever reason, weren't able to be involved, how much more epic it could have been. And I think, you know, like you said, for what they were able, for what they had to work with, I think they did a really, really good job. But yeah, I mean, it does make you wonder and who knows, like you said, you look at the views they've had and I mean, obviously, documentaries for these older films are becoming more and more popular, especially when you look at these like GoFundMe. You know, it's a matter of if the fans want to see it, it'll get done. And we've seen with Friday the 13th with the game and with Never Hike Alone. Obviously, people want to see these things, the documentary itself. So I know you and I have talked about it off air before. I mean, it could be down the road. Maybe we get another version, a longer version or a follow up. You know, you never say never on these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's here's another thing that people don't understand or probably think about it in the big picture. Okay. Some things that you would like to see in a documentary. Now, granted, this is technically a, a, a memoriam documentary, but the cabin was obviously torched. So you right. can't feature the cabin because it's gone. Now mm-hmm. they did touch on the assholes who burn it down, which if, <laughs> if they're listening to this, uh, fuck off to you guys. Thanks for burning the cabin down. You stupid assholes. Right. But uh, yeah. So Anyways, they did touch on that, which you can expect them to, but they can't include it in documentary if it's gone, just like Harold Nedna's. Harold Nedna's is gone. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Sean will talk about that a little bit too, but that location's not there anymore. So what's the point of showing a, a bare, uh, an abandoned lot? I mean, oh yeah, this is where it was, but it's just not the same as some other filming right. locations. Like, uh, like from part six, if you go down there or part one, they look the same as they did from the eighties. So it's, mm-hmm. it's def, you know, that's totally different, but when things just don't exist, it, you can't cover them. I mean, you can talk about them, but, um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I did I did lend a hand as best as I could, reaching out to people, trying to get rare photos, the the quote uh, never seen before photos, and screen used props and things of that nature. And it, I was I was barely I think I got uh, two or three photos um, that were te- that were supposed to have not rarely seen photos, and I, there might have been a there might have been a one more I can't remember, but. And I reached out to tons of people, you know, power of the interwebs and reached out to tons and tons of people. And, you know, there, there's just, they didn't save shit back then. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just really not much of the screen use stuff like there is from other films. So it, I mean, they, they had some help. They had other people out there, you know, trying to find uh, photos and, and props and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't just me. So there, there were, there were a lot of attempts made and just nothing panned out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. Oh, definitely. And like you said, I mean, you know, the landscape has changed as far as that's concerned. But, uh, I mean, as the series went on, people started becoming more and more attuned to that. Like you said, I mean, it's a different culture now with these films. When you look at, I mean, every film, there's these these documentaries, you know, the featurettes, whatever you want to say. There's all these, they have, they're keeping the deleted scenes and all that because they look at the DVD and the Blu-ray. and They know that, you know, there's a big market for, you know, scripts and you know props from set and all that so it's a whole different mentality that didn't really exist when they made part three you know if you look at it as even like you said jason lives and moving forward there's so many more things that they have available because it became it grew more and more popular as time went on and uh it just goes back to what i've been saying throughout here it's to see you have to do the best you can with what you've got like you said i mean if if the cabin had it still existed, you know, Harold and Edna's, you talk about that. I mean, if those things were still there, I mean, right there, we would have gotten an extra 10, 15 minutes, but because they don't, you're limited and you have to do the best you can with what you've got. And you know, like I said, I think, I think they did for what they had to work with. I think that they did a real, real good job. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it, like I said, a lot of people that are watching probably don't think about all of those things. And just like with the mask, I mean, this, as we all know, was the first time we see the hockey mask. So nobody knew it was going to be iconic when it was the first time. So of course the right. the guy behind the mask, just like they, um, you know, it's been mentioned numerous times, the mask, you know, basically got destroyed by the sun. So mm-hmm. nobody thought anything about it. Just like props from these other films. Nobody, nobody expected this to become the biggest horror franchise ever. Uh, you know, the uh, three films. Okay. But who, whoever, they didn't know for sure there was going to be, oh, we're going to end up having 12 films one day. There was no mm-hmm. way in hell that people were thinking that. So, of course, they're not going to save things that, uh, you know, like uh, the the prop that Larry Zerner that you see uh, that he still owns. If he didn't ask for that, it probably would have got thrown in the garbage somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just goes to show you that's just how it was back then, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, somebody put it in the window. And back then it was just like, you know, they went from one project to the next. So there was this, there wasn't a lot of this emotional connection to things. And like you said, they weren't thinking that things were going to blow up and one day it would be very valuable and very sought after. So for them, it's like you're throwing it 
whether you're throwing it in the garbage, or you're throwing it in a trunk, it's getting in, you know, it's just getting discarded to wherever and they're moving on to the next thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are pl- plenty of people who regret that kind of thing now that had access to things that they wish they still had, because then, you know, they'd be the one person who owned it or they would have been able to sell it to some collector. And, you know, I mean, but it is what it is. And uh, that's just how things change. Yeah. And of course, some of these films, some of the actors wore their own clothes at the time. Right, right. That wasn't unheard of. So especially on lower budget stuff, uh, you know, Halloween, for example, I, those those guys wore all their own stuff. But right. um, with that in mind, you also have to consider, and, and no offense to any of them, but some of the actors on these films, they're not even a fan in general. So if they're wearing their own stuff, do you think they're going to keep it around? They probably could care less. So right. I know that David Kadams owned his yellow shirt for quite a while, and it was eventually sold off to Mike Becker. I don't know if Mike Becker still owns it or not, but uh, David told me that himself. He's like, yeah, I had it forever, and somebody asked me about it, and I ended up selling it. So every now and again, you'll see something like that pop up. But if you're not a fan of something, you're just you're just a, an employee. Like, hey, give me my paycheck. I don't really care about the rest of it. And like I said, no offense. I mean, people got to put food on the table, but it just goes to show why some of this stuff is just non-existent. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's definitely right. And like you said, I mean, it's not, it's not a criticism. I mean, you have people who, you know, this, I'm showing up to do my job, what I was hired to do, and I'm moving on. And you have the people who, you know, really love it or were fans. And I think, you know, we see that now more as things have moved on. Like when, you know, they eventually they get like 2009 Friday. I mean, with Derek Mears, we're just thrilled that he got the opportunity to play Jason because you've been such a huge fan. And whenever they do make the next one, you know they're going to be at least a handful of people, if not most of the people who are in the cast, who are big fans of the franchise or, you know, they understand its place and how important it is. And, you know, they're going to feel very fortunate to be involved. And uh, back then you didn't get a lot of that, you know? I mean, no. we've seen Larry Zerner, obviously, you know, and, I mean, he was very excited about it. And as time has gone on, I mean, obviously he he's just humbled by the fact that he was involved in that. But back back early on, you didn't really see that very much. No, and a good example of that would be Ted White. Ted White took it as just a job and didn't even want right. his name in the credits originally because he didn't want to be associated with a film like that. So, you know, horror, horror, horror films back then, you know, some people look down upon them. So I can, I can mm-hmm. see. I mean, we've came a long way in the the, the '80s. Were certainly, I guess, a a revolutionary time. I guess if you want to call it that for for horror films. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, I wasn't an adult when these films were coming out originally. So I don't know how the general public was viewing them. I mean, obviously they made millions of dollars. So people were watching them, but there was also that, that side of people like Ted white who, you know, don't put my name in the credits. I I don't want to be associated with this, but I'm, but I'm Mm -hmm. taking your paycheck, which Ted did a great job. I'm glad he did it, but I can still understand his disposition also. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, it is a business. And you have people who are, you know, very passionate about it. And then you have people who are more, you know, there's kind of they're uh, like black and white thinkers, you know, is kind of how I look at it. Is I'm doing this right now and then I move on to the next thing. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Like you said, I mean, it's there are different types of people, different types of actors. Some get connected to things and other ones don't really feel that. And then but in, like you look at somebody like Ted White, I mean, in retrospect, after all this time has passed, I mean, he, I mean, he understands I mean, he grasps how important he is to the franchise. He grasps the importance of the franchise and how passionate the fans are. And so he's somebody who's embraced it, you know, and some people do that. Some people don't. And, you know, it's, it's fine either way. There's, there's no one way to be. 
Yeah, absolutely. He definitely has embraced it. I, I mean, you just get on YouTube, you can hear him on numerous panels at conventions or whatever talking about it, which is great that he finally did. But I can certainly understand back then because obviously things were different. But it's uh, just unfortunate when you're a super fan of a film and there's just not a ton of stuff left uh, right. to view or to add compared to some of the other films, which it, it is what it is. But just big props to Sean for cranking out uh, just a nice uh, memoriam and addition to the franchise. And he will be on very, very soon. Uh, look look for him in the next uh, couple episodes to come on and, and fill in the gaps and address some of the things that we've been seeing out there in the media. And, of course, the online assholes that like to pick on stuff. Uh, <laughs> if you don't like the end part, just don't don't fucking watch it. It's right. whatever. Um, if, if it ruins it for you, then you've got other issues going on. You're not a, you're not a true Friday fan if that ruins it for you. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like I said, they, they did the, I guess we've said this numerous times, they've did the best that they could with what they had to work with. And that's mm -hmm. basically how I'll wrap it up. Yeah, I agree completely. I mean, you only have so much money. You only have so much time. You only have so much access once you realize what those things are. So what is, what can we do to make the most out of this that we possibly can? And I think that they accomplished that. And as fans, there's not really, we can't ask anything more of anyone. Yeah. It was a great breath or a, an additional, I guess I should say that I said, never hike alone was a, a great a breath of fresh air basically to the franchise. And this was a, just an additional breath. It was just, like you said, it's it's kind of one of those things where it kind of tides you over a little bit. So mm -hmm. fortunately for me, fortunately for me, I get to talk Friday about every day with people. So, right. uh, but either way, uh, I knew about some stuff um, early on, but but it still didn't ruin it for me by any means. When I watched it, I was just as captivated with a couple of the the things that you had mentioned. You know, like the uh, we'll have a drink, some of the the things that people had to say, yeah. and uh, like I said, I I enjoyed it. I I'm uh, if it would have been longer, if I could say anything, it would just be, I wish it was longer, but maybe someday it might be, who knows? Yeah. I mean, we could definitely end up seeing this, you know, expanded upon, uh, down the line. I mean, as I said, the, these documentary we've seen in the last few years, this is becoming more and more popular. People want to know more and more. They want to see the old faces. They want to hear the old stories. And the more demand there is for that, the more likely we are to see, you know, things like this in the future and even maybe more than one version. And so hopefully we will get to see a little bit more on part three, because as you said earlier, I know I feel that way. Most Friday fans do part three is it's a special one. I mean, I've, I've never really met anyone who doesn't love part three. Everybody has their different, their favorites and their, their core two or three movies that they go to all the time. Part three, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about part three. All the other movies is really, that's not necessarily true. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about part three. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Now that I think about it, I don't really know that I've heard anybody say even anything slightly negative because that's probably, right. well, I shouldn't say probably, but that's what, that's what started the hockey mask. So most people love it, but I, right. I love it for other reasons. Uh, not the 3d part. That's not even, that's just an addition. You know, I think it's cool that they did that, but it's not necessarily something where I'm like, Oh, because it was shot in 3d it, that made it or, made it or, or broke it for me it that's irrelevant to me i i would love mm -hmm. the film just as much probably love it more if it wasn't in 3d honestly yeah. Uh, probably yeah i, I mean, have to I, say that was one thing that i when i was still writing with iHorror, 
I had done that, you know, the anniversary was coming up and I thought, oh, you know, I mean, it wasn't like the actual date, but it was the year. And I looked at it and said, well, you know, maybe I should come up with something. And it just popped into my head. All right, the 13, 13 reasons why part three still rocks. And I was just, because it's Friday the 13th, I'll just go with 13. And I thought at first, I'm like, oh man, that number's big. I'm going to have a hard time. And then I sat down and did it. I had to cut things out of my list of 13 of why the movie rules. And I mean, that just goes to show how fantastic, like you said, the 3D, I mean, you look at Brooker and Shelley, I mean, there's, you can just go right down the line before, without even thinking about it, you can get five, six deep of reasons why you love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a special, it's a special chapter in the series. There's no question. Absolutely. It, to me, it's just, it's classic Friday stuff. All the things that you expect to see that might not be so much in other films and just, being that it is in 82 because there's a big fucking difference between 82 and like 88 89 90 you know what i'm saying those those oh, films in the latter part there's a whole generation of change that's going on during that time and you oh, see definitely. it in every friday film and you really start to see it basically in part six part seven mm-hmm. obviously definitely in part seven the whole mm-hmm. the whole eighties style and all that stuff, uh, yep. you know the the hairdos and all that stuff. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because obviously time time changes. But when you have all these films over the span of a decade, that's really a good example of kind of how the world was changing at the time, the fashion trends and all that stuff. But when I think of classic Friday, that's what I think of. I think of part three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a perfect representation of everything that. I mean, even now when people look, I mean, you look at when people do parodies and that's the, that's the look, that's the feel it's right around that era. So, I mean, I I think you definitely nail, nail it on the head with that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, and and part four is pretty much the same way too, but you know, Mm -hmm. I I still, I, I like part three better. So that's just what I come to think of, but either way, um, looking forward to having Sean on here in the very near future and letting him fill the listeners in on the things that I don't want to spoil for him. Uh, Tons of good information. It's going to be a great episode. Really looking forward to that one coming up. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, great job to everybody involved. Big props to everybody. And hopefully uh, the views just keep piling up because over 26,000, it's only been uh, not even three weeks yet. So obviously people are interested. So get on YouTube if you have not seen it. Or even if you have, share it on your social medias. Let your Friday or horror fans know in general, hey, there's this documentary out there. I mean, documentaries are popular right now. Get on Hulu, get on Netflix, go to the documentary section. There's tons and tons of documentaries. That's a pretty popular thing right now. Mm-hmm. So share it to your friends. Get it out there. Help them generate some views. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, just share it for them and, and do what you can to help out if you're a Friday fan. I'm sure they'd really, really appreciate it. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, you if you love Friday, this is definitely, if you haven't seen it, this is something you want to check out. And like you said, share it with other people because you never know who might want to take a peek at it and then they'll start sharing it around. I mean, as fans, that's the one thing we can do to help is just get it, get it out there. Just get the word of mouth and share it. And, you know, hopefully it'll get picked up more and more. Absolutely. It takes a matter of seconds just to click that share button and we live in the world of social media. So mm-hmm. if anybody that may or may not you know anybody that may be interested that you know get it out there to them because that's the world that we live in and plus this is it's a free fucking movie come on they did it for for watching it for free you don't have to stream it off amazon or wherever the hell you you stream stuff from 
or have a Netflix subscription or whatever, you can go right to YouTube and it's free. So mm-hmm. big thanks for that. And uh, yeah, like I said, I loved it. And uh, two thumbs up from me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, you you definitely want to check it out. If just as a fan, I mean, I have appreciation and respect for for them putting this together because I mean, it was definitely worth watching. Absolutely, and fuck you to the people that burnt down the, the cabin and <laughs> getting a slap on the wrist too. I don't know if a lot right. of people knew that either. Of course, I did just because I'm uh, a nerd for the franchise. But you know <laughs> what bullshit? I mean, come on, you know, yeah, just total horseshit. But. It is what it is when daddy has money. I guess that's that's how life works for you if you're a rich asshole. That is unfortunately true. Yeah, so fuck you to those people. But anyways, that wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood. So please rate and review wherever the hell you listen to the show at. And if you haven't seen the Part 3 documentary, just go to YouTube and check it out for free and pass the link on to all your fellow Friday fans, horror fans in general. You can also check out the film's Facebook page for more information. This episode was brought to you by the Part 3 Memoriam documentary in remembrance of the late, great Sir Richard Brooker. Until next time. 